Breaking down Wisconsin basketball. This is The Swing with Zach Heilprin and Jesse Temple on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Well, that was fun. <laughs> Wisconsin beats Michigan 77 63, puts together a great second half. That would probably be what we were talking about. Uh, a really good win for Wisconsin. Unfortunately, because of Juwan Howard, we are not talking about that. Wisconsin and Michigan get into a little post-game scrap led by the Michigan coach who did not take kindly to Wisconsin calling a timeout late in that game. Jesse, I, uh, I, I, you were watching from home. What were you thinking when you did – you, did you see it live? Did you see, like, the handshake line all of a sudden, like, holy crap? I was following a Twitter. Well, I watched it until there were – like 25 seconds left because the game was over. So it's like leaving a game in person and then the other team comes back and yeah. you missed it. But um, then I was following my Twitter feed and it was like, <laughs> Jawan Howard slapped Joe Kravinoff and everyone's talking about a fight. And I was like, Oh my God. So obviously I went back and watched it and just couldn't believe it to, to have the head coach <laughs> do that. And the responses afterward, which we'll get into in his defense, makes no sense to me. Even if you are upset, you should never act like that. And as we're having this conversation, the Big Ten has obviously issued a statement about uh, looking into this matter further. And I imagine it won't take too long for them to make a determination. I can't imagine that Juwan Howard is going to be coaching the next few games, at least. I mean, I think it's it's worthwhile to note that when in their statement it says – the Juwan Howard incident, essentially. Um, yes. You know what I mean? Like, so I, that's at least noteworthy. Let's let's get into this. Let's because the game itself was actually really really good. Like for Wisconsin, that is. I mean, they go down 38-33, and then they go on a twenty-three to three run to take control of that game. Johnny Davis with nine points, uh, nine straight points at the end of that run. He was fantastic at twenty-five points, and that's all what we would be talking about. But we're not talking about it because in the final minute. Uh, Greg Gard replaced his starters, right? Like he takes them out. Uh, it's Carter Gilmore and Jordan Davis and Carter Higginbottom. And I believe Marcus Ilverin, uh, the, uh, the fourth guy is uh, escaping my mind at this point, but they're all, they're out there for the first time, the entire game. And for most of them, the first time in a long time, like even Carter Gilmore has not played in, in recent games. Like, uh, you know, Jordan Davis has a little bit, but you know, the, the, um, the thing about it is they're in that point and they're they've given up, right? They've given up. Michigan has replaced some of its starters, but there's still some guys out there that played a, a ton and they're pressing. And so, you know, with with 15 seconds left, what does Wisconsin do? They they call timeout and they call timeout because they were told they would get 10 seconds to get across half court. The, the, it resets. Uh, the official told Greg it, it, it resets, gives him a chance to get the ball across. And so he called timeout and uh, Michigan thought that was not right. And it led to that situation. Juwan Howard, for his point, said that actually, you know what? I'll throw in exactly here. Here is what Juwan Howard had to say about uh, that situation and what he took issue with. I didn't like the timeout being called, and I'll be totally honest with you. Um, I thought it was, uh, you know, not necessary at that moment, uh, especially being in a large league. Um, and then for have a timeout um, to be called with three seconds or four seconds to go, um, 
you know, I thought that that was, you know, what I felt wasn't fair to our guys. And so that's, that's what happened. If, just a follow-up, if you wanted the game to get done, why keep the press on against Wisconsin's backups at that point? Oh, we was, it wasn't a press. It was just five pressure defense, man-to-man. That's what five is for us. All right. So that was what Dewan Howard said about the last 15 seconds and, and what his issue was with the timeout. And you heard in that clip, Jim Polzine ask him back, if you were so upset about the timeout and you were so, you know, you wanted to get the game over with, why were you pressing with their backups in? And he said that they weren't, as you heard in the clip. They weren't pressing. Jesse, you are a basketball guy. That was a full court press. Was it well, not? I believe I mean, he described it as man to man, like full, five press. What did he say? I think man-to-man. he said five. Five, I think five pressure like that's a full court press man <laughs> I yes it's semantics uh if he wants to get into that but that's what they were doing and that came after justin taphorn was the fifth guy who was in he Thank committed you. a turnover michigan went down and scored so the reserves already were out of sorts a bit and hadn't been in very long and I, there is absolutely no path that you can take in this discussion that can be in defense of anything Michigan did. Hey, you can be upset that Greg Gard t- called a timeout with 15 seconds left. I understand why Greg did it. Makes perfect sense to, I think, any reasonable mind. Um, and also, if you're down by double digits and the game seems over, you can be upset. And Juwan Howard fouled. They had them foul like a second and a half later. And yeah. that was kind of his, okay, all right, you had your moment. But he wasn't able to calm down. He wasn't in the handshake line immediately. And when he got there, he was all stirred up and certainly looked like he was just going to bypass guard. And I know Greg gave his side as well. Yeah, let's 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 throw it in here yeah. uh, because Greg did say, you know, he wanted to explain to him why he called timeout. And so, yeah, here's here was the reasoning behind it. I, I kind of went into it before, but here's here's what Greg had to say about it. And I'll walk you through my um, my last 15 seconds of the, the game. So we only have four seconds to get the ball across half court. Okay, The official comes over to me and says, Greg, if you take a timeout, you'll get a full 10 seconds. There was 15 seconds on the, shot, on the game clock left. Okay, I had all the reserves in. Okay, I was not going to put them in a position when the ball had already got knocked out of bounds to have to um, break a press in four seconds when they're coming cold off the bench. So I took a timeout, which I'm allowed to do, obviously, and brought them over and tried to get them organized. They haven't all been on the floor in pressure situations before, and I want to give them the best chance to have success coming up the floor and tell them we're not going to shoot the ball. All we're doing is getting the ball, break the pressure, come up, and we'll dribble out the clock. So we got the full 10 seconds uh, to break that press instead of four seconds. So we were on a spot. We got organized. um, And that um, is the situation that he apparently was upset with. And so, you know, he obviously doesn't take kindly to, or I should say, uh, you know, Juwan didn't want to hear it. And so then I asked, you know, the the follow-up is like, okay, that's what led to it. How did it end up happening? Like, how did it play out the way that it did? And uh, here's what Greg said about that. 
Yeah, as I was walking through it, um, you know, I know he didn't come through right away. He came in later after some of the players and was going down the line with everybody, and they were all fine. And he came up to me and pulled his max max down and said, I'll remember that. And he started pointing it at me and tapped me in the chest. And I said, hold on. Let me explain to you why I took the time out. Maybe he doesn't know the rule that you get the 10 seconds reset. I wasn't going to put my players in that type of situation to have to break a f- press in four seconds, coming stiff and cold off the bench. I wouldn't do that for a regular group. If I can take a timeout, that's – um, it gives my players the best chance to have success. So that's where it started that he said, I'll remember that. I'll remember that. And I said, Hey, let me tell you why I did what I did. And he didn't want any part of it and, um, kept moving on. So that's unfortunately, like I said, it's, that's, it, it overshadowed momentarily. I'm not going to let it overshadow it much longer than once I walk out of here, you know, we're in fact, as soon as those questions are done about that, um, our team played really well in the second half and we got a damn good team. So you have both sides and you know, Dwan Howard has a history, doesn't he? He has a history. He got into it with Mark Turgeon last year. I think we can all agree that Mark Turgeon uh, can be a, a little bit of an abrasive guy. And like, I can, you know, kind of see it at times, but one guy has a history and, and, and one doesn't Greg. I don't think Greg guards ever gotten into it with another coach before. Can you remember any situation where grades, got into it with like in a post game handshake line or anything like that at all? No, I, I certainly can't. And this is obviously all on Juwan Howard. So no. All right. So, you know, when you, when you look at the, yes, this is all on Juwan Howard. I think that's, that's where this has to start. And I've seen some people saying if Greg hadn't tried to stop him, then this whole situation would have been averted. Or if Joe Krabenhoff hadn't come, you know, gotten into the mix, this whole thing could have been inverted and, and essentially let it trying somehow trying to let, and it, let uh, Juwan Hart off the hook here somehow. Like it's, it's Wisconsin's fault that they called a timeout that Greg guard ex- tried to explain to him and put his hands on Juwan Howard and Juwan Howard felt threatened and he needed to protect himself. I shouldn't say he felt threatened. He never said felt threatened. He, he felt he needed to protect himself at that moment because he was being touched unnecessarily. And then, you know, Joe Krabenhoff coming into that mix, you know, stirred it up. And so somehow that is being, those are the three things that are in there that it's all of a sudden okay, not okay, but uh, can be explained away for what Juwan Howard did in retaliation. Well, there's obviously no explanation whatsoever. And you can say, what if, Obviously, Joe Krabinoff came over there, and but you're the head coach of a, a Division One basketball program. It doesn't matter if you're the head coach of a fourth grade basketball program. He put his hands on another coach. You're supposed to be the leader of men. You're supposed to be the one that other people are are following. They they see your actions, and the more you watch that, and the more you slow it down, the worse it looks. Obviously, just got. Joe right across the face and obviously it led to more melee and more punches being thrown. But I, you know, I, I, it's a terrible look for him and there's no defense of it. So I, I that's kind of where I stand on that. I look at, yeah, I mean, I, I obviously, you know, the whole excuse that it, it, it wasn't a full court press, like, no, it was. And calling a timeout to take, you know, just to back it off a little bit. Like if you had your backups, if you had all your backups in too, like it'd be different, but he didn't. 
he had he had at least one starter in another guy that was at least had played a, a lot in the game. And Greg Gard has guys in there that haven't played at all. And it'd be one thing if it's backups versus backups, like and maybe then you can take uh, offense to it. But he's he is calling. He, he is uh, following and uh, pressing. In a game that was not anywhere close, Wisconsin was right. up by a billion. And I, if if Wisconsin had called a timeout in that situation, like they, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have called a timeout. Like if if Michigan's not pressing, you're not calling timeout. And you're also, we've talked about this. Like they've they've allowed games where they've been in double digits, right, to get whittled down into single digits. And and I know that Greg's certainly not thinking about this, but I was when it was happening. Was they're gonna they're gonna let another team make this game look closer than it actually was. And it's going to hurt them in the computers. And I know that that matters. Nothing. What's Greg doesn't care, right? He doesn't care about that, but it was going through my mind. Um, an, a team trying to make this loss look not as bad as it is because in the computers, it'll, it'll look better to them. So, but I, again, it was stupid. I mean, it, it was, it was ethically stupid on, on, on Juwan Howard's part. And I mean, if, if anything, if anything, if you want to take any blame whatsoever, and put it on Wisconsin whatsoever, it would be Greg Gard trying to stop him and explain him in that moment. I like that's the only thing I can say that that's the only place where I put blame on Wisconsin. Um, oh, and it's and, and it's not even and it's not even a lot of blame. It's um it's a it's a guy trying to explain what he was doing and what he was thinking. He said it's it's their right to do, you know, the press and the and all that stuff. It's their right. We have to but we have to deal with it at the same time. I just it, it may have been better suited for a different situation than right there. But again, that that is a, a minuscule part of what I think is 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 going on here. And even if you know that Jawan Howard is less than thrilled with it, you certainly can't know that it's going to lead to the melee that occurred. And as Greg said in the clip that you played, Jawan Howard came over and said, I'll remember that. Um, and Greg, like anybody, I think, I mean, I I. I don't even think blame is the right word. I don't even think you should say that. Honestly, I really don't think Greg did something wrong there. You know, so is he supposed to just let him pass and the two don't even acknowledge each other? Um, Tom Tom Creed would say yes. The blow by. Uh, (laughs) Obviously, a well-worn tactic in in basketball circles. But like, I, I, I... don't think Greg did anything wrong, quite honestly. Um, you I, know, you- again, I'm, I don't think he did either. I'm saying like if you want to if you're trying to find some way to to sure to place blame on someone other than Juwan Howard, maybe it's that. But again, I don't think it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's all on Howard at this point. And, you know, I. You can say it's just the last 15 seconds. I wonder how much it has to do with the fact that Michigan just isn't a great team this year. He's coming off a year where Michigan went 23 and five last year and they go to the elite eight. And now they're sitting here at 14 and 11 and they're eight and seven. And they're, that would have been obviously a tremendous resume booster for Michigan. And they're just sort of flailing in the middle of the league. I'm obviously not (laughs) making excuses in any sort. I just wonder like over the course of a season that starts to mount, (laughs) Um, I wonder how much there's frustrations about just what's happening this season for his program, but either way, no excuse. I wonder whether there's going to be other players on Michigan side that, because from the video that I saw, it certainly looked as though there were a couple of guys, definitely one who threw a punch at Jacoby Neath. Yes. And, and Jacoby Neath, it looked like threw back. 
so I got some of the video, right? Like I, I, mm-hmm. I caught, I caught the end of it. I'm not sorry, I shouldn't say the end of it. Like right after, right after uh, Howard throws at at Krabinoff, that's when I kind of like my my video kind of starts, and that's when the players are throwing punches. And you can definitely see there's at least two guys throwing punches on Michigan side. Diabate yeah. was certainly one of them. I would imagine those guys are going to be. You would hope. Look, Kevin Warren has has certainly taken in the past. The Big Ten commissioner has taken. I don't want to say extreme action, but has has taken action in these situations. And you would hope if uh, you know Brad Davison is getting suspended for you know questionable plays that on the court that this type of thing would be handled even more seriously. It certainly should be. Um, so there's going to be a lot of fallout from this in terms of people in terms of. I, number of games is basically what it comes down to at this point. It's not a matter of, <laughs> you know, whether it's going to happen. It's how long are you going to be out? What does the Big Ten think of this? What does the Big Ten think that it warrants? Right, and you know, with Jacoby Neath, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, again, they're they're going to have all the video everywhere, right? Like they're uh, they're they're going to have different views of it, and um, I'm sure it'll be dissected up up down left and right, and. Um, you know, we'll see what, what happens. You know, you look at the video and you look at what happened. And I know if you're a, a Michigan fan and you're like, well, this happened and that happened and, and that all led to this. It's just it doesn't excuse uh, a verbal altercation going into physical because you're exactly a punch like it was a verbal altercation. It had not turned physical. I said I shouldn't say it hadn't turned physical. I mean, the, the way that Juan Howard grabbed Greg Gard by the shirt, certainly, you know, some people would take that uh, much rougher than Greg Gardwood, I think. But I also thought it was great that Greg didn't back down. Like the guy's six nine, you're five, what maybe six foot. Greg Gard is, and uh, you know, going back and forth because he thought he had right on his side, and I think he did. But yeah, I mean, it it wasn't great. But uh, let's get into some of these these Twitter questions because none of them are about the game themselves. So <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about we'll we'll get into the game itself in a, in a bit. Um, my guy Ebo asks, how badly would Dwan Howard lose in a fight to Joe Krabenhoff had he not gotten pulled away? <laughs> I mean, I, Joe Howard's a big guy and a tough guy, at least certainly uh, has given that impression to people. Uh, but Joe, but Joe Krabenhoff, farm strength. <laughs> I don't know who would win that fight. <laughs> Joe's a lot younger, so. Age is on his side, I suppose. And he's got the jaw, man. Like he's got more stitches in him than Michael Finley had points at Wisconsin. Like it's <laughs> it's insane. Um, it's a 49 year old man against a 34 year old man. So, you know, there's 15 years difference. It's 15 years difference. And Joe just has, I mean, again, Joe has a little bit of a mean streak in him, I think. I mean, he couldn't be ni- a nicer guy off the floor, but on the floor, he can be. Uh, <laughs> He can be me. He can be tough. Let me see what else we got here. What, what should we be calling this? Is it uh, Nuclear Badger asks uh, a fracas, a Donnybrook, a row, a ruction, a fray, a brawl, a, me- a, a melee, melee, a yeah, melee, melee skirmish, a ruckus. Know. I mean, a melee, a melee is good. A melee is like the you know. I thought somebody. I thought I saw somebody call it the malice uh, at the Cheese Palace. Um, <laughs> But I don't. I don't think it. I don't think it uh, was at that level. Yeah, but it's um, a, that. That's fantastic. <laughs> but it was. I don't know. 
melee. I feel like it didn't. I don't know. Melee probably. I'm sure someone's going to have something better. Uh, I hope so. Than than what we will probably be able to put together. But yeah, like um, and DC Badger asks, given Warren's record, and we kind of, as I mentioned before, on uh, taking strong action when there's a pattern of behavior involved, how significant is the punishment for Howard? Do you think? Well, you know, by the time people listen to this, we may have our answer, but frankly, I don't think it's out of the question to say the rest of the regular season. I mean, look, there's only what four games left in the regular season. Um, you cannot, you cannot open-handed strike anybody. Um, you know, if you did that and you're a player in a game in the heat of the moment, you're going to get suspended. You're the, you're the head coach. You just, they've got to set an example with something like this. And I, and I think they will. So that's, I wouldn't be surprised really if it's the next couple of weeks, but what are your thoughts? I mean, it has to be a game at least, if not more. Yes. Um, and, and again, there's only, I guess I don't know how many games Michigan has left. Wisconsin has four left, you know, coming into this game, Mich- Michigan, Michigan would have five left, I suppose at this point. Yeah. They're, they're eight and seven in the conference. So yeah, they got five games left. Could you see two, three? Sure. I can see um, any of it. Or, or, or maybe until the Big Ten tournament. I don't, I don't know. I, it has to be multiple games because, a, as I said before, he has a, a history of, of getting into it with other coaches. And, and sometimes it's verbal and sometimes it's been physical. This time it turned physical and he landed. A, it wasn't a punch. Uh, yeah, it may have been had he been closer, but it, it certainly hit Joe in the face and it led to other pun- other punches being thrown. And that obviously just that can't happen. And so he uh, the punishment needs to be punishment needs to fit. the. I don't want to call it a crime because it's not a crime, but the punishment needs to fit the, the level of severity. Yeah. Yes. I'd like uh, to nominate a couple other uh, nicknames. I just want okay. to throw them. I've been thinking about it. They're not okay. very, you know, they're. You've probably got better out there, but this is just what I've come up with. You got, could it be a clash at the coal? That may not be as good. But it, has to, be a, but it has to be a K clash with the coal, at the coal. Yeah, let's do that. A fracas on Francis? I know technically it's on Dayton Street, but like, <laughs> you know, I think fracas on Francis is pretty good. The media, the media entrance is on Francis, and that's what so there makes, you go. That was, that's really where we're at. I like that. I'm sure we're going to have some uh, additions once people start hearing this and uh, they'll, they'll come up with their own. Those are, those are not bad. Those are not bad. All right. I'll keep thinking the rest of this podcast. Maybe I'll have something better for you by the end. Okay. So those were, those were a couple of the, uh, the Twitter questions about the actual mess up. I also thought it was interesting that uh, Chris McIntosh came into the post game mm-hmm. press conference. Uh, I, I wanted to note that, he hasn't dealt with a lot of, well, I shouldn't say that. there have been some things that have popped up that he's had to deal with. But this was like in the moment. And I don't know. Do you think, do you think Barry does the same thing? Like would Barry have in that situation? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. I can't, I can't recall a situation in which I, that happened. Yeah. Like I, I actually, and I'm not, and Barry was a good leader, but I thought it was a really great thing to do for a leader. Like taking control of the situation and making it clear exactly how the school felt, how the athletic department felt. And, um, you know, even like Greg Gard was asked a question about something that happened. And Chris cut in and was like, you know, Greg hasn't seen the video yet. I'll say this. The video backs up that um, 
we were in the right. Like it was mm-hmm. like him taking on that responsibility. I thought it was, uh, you know, Chris has been around for a long time at Wisconsin and obviously everyone knows his, his playing career, but I think there are opportunities for him to show his leadership ability that maybe some aren't familiar with. And I thought today was uh, a great example of that, but I'm not saying Barry would have or, or wouldn't have. I, I'm just saying in that moment, it seemed very, um, it, it felt leaderish. Mm-hmm. If, if that's a, if that's a good term for it. And I, I don't know. So that, that, that is the, uh, the fracas on Francis. Did you have anything else you wanted to add at all? Did, did you, um, no, I think we've pretty well covered it. Well, yeah. I mean, at this point, the next story is just how many games the suspension is and who else may be in the mix after all the video has been seen. Cause they're going to make some swift action, which is what, what was uh, said in the statement. I, one more, one more thing before we, we, we move on. Uh, Jim Snyder. I don't know if anybody's seen this video. He, uh, he is seen waving like he's he's not on he's he's away from the from the uh, the the thing a little bit he's away from the altercation a little bit and he's like waving goodbye to Michigan this is at the this is at the end of it and he's waving goodbye and then all of a sudden he did like the old uh, did the old did the old suck it uh, uh, motion at the Michigan bench it was it's hilarious it was the it was the funniest thing I saw that came out of this it was absolutely amazing but it was was there anything else you wanted to touch on before he hit the game at all yeah so you know the interesting part about recording this podcast in real time as things continue to unfold is you can always scroll through your twitter feed and see what people have to say about this and i just think it's worth bringing up (laughs) what i've seen on twitter desmond howard everybody's favorite college game day broadcaster uh from obviously a michigan guy tweeted he said i saw juan walking away and wisconsin coach put his hands on him to stop first mistake then an assistant coach inserted himself and said something that only escalated things let bosses be bosses and play your position second mistake i don't understand carrying the water for michigan in this circumstance you can say all that and ultimately one guy slap punched another guy um and and whatever else happened i i think you're misconstruing some of that um but uh, what i will say and you've already retweeted this is that michigan has already released a statement from ward manual the athletics director and he has said that he's reached out and apologized to chris mcintosh and that michigan's president has reached out and apologized to uh the chancellor for what they called the totally unacceptable behavior so you know, the, the, the people in positions of power understand what went down and who's going to be disciplined for it. Yeah, definitely will be. And it's going to be, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But again, uh, what it did overshadow it, what, what it did overshadow was a very good second half from Wisconsin, uh, where yes. they, they really, really, really outplayed Michigan from the moment it was a 38, 33 game the, to open up. I think Michigan opened on a, what was it? A seven, two run to open the second half. And then Wisconsin goes on a 23 to three run to take control of that game. Johnny Davis, the star of that, including a nine Oh run by himself uh, to close it out. It was a fantastic effort. He had 25 points, six rebounds. It was one of his, it was another great job by him, but it was, I think it was just all around in Michigan for whatever reason went away from Hunter Dickinson. And we'll get to that. But Johnny yeah. Davis again, continues to be, the guy, and w- w- I don't know if we talked about this. Maybe I was talking about with somebody else, but I thought 
a few weeks ago. Yeah, his um, player of the year candidacy was kind of fading, but he was going to have a bunch of opportunities in marquee games that he could potentially jump right back up. And he's done that in those wins at Michigan State, at Indiana, and then this one on national TV on Sunday, where obviously everyone's going to be focusing on the, the fight, but also uh, understanding that Johnny Davis has put 25 up on a team that was in desperate need of a win for their NCAA tournament resume. Well, his ability to take over a game is just uh, its phenomenal, and that's what makes it so fun to watch. Sometimes you wonder why he doesn't just do it right from tip-off. It's not always that easy. But I've said before, the variety of ways in which he can get his, it makes him so difficult to guard. The shot, the, the shot that he has developed that is, I don't, it's, it's not defendable. It's kind of when he gets into the post and he does a one-legged fadeaway over people. Like if you're defending, you almost think, all right, I forced the guy into a shot like that, but he makes them with such efficiency. You just kind of hang your head. And that was one of the ones that he had, but he scored. I mean, obviously he's able to get to the basket. He can drive to the lane. He had a couple back down fadeaways. And I do think it is worth noting while Davis was the story and rightfully so, when you look at the beginning of that run that changed the complexion of the game, it starts with Brad Davison making a three, which was the first points of the game for him. This is your second leading score. He didn't get a bucket in the first half. That's about 90 seconds into the second half. Then Steven Crowell gets a couple buckets because Chucky Hepburn is able to find guys. Chucky had another good game, four assists and, and one turnover. It's almost more um, eye-opening when he actually has a turnover. But Crowell scored inside. Then he hit a straight on three. Jacoby Neath got a drive to the, the, the bucket and Tyler Wall hit a turnaround. So you got just enough from other guys to put Wisconsin in position to be successful. And then Johnny Davis steps on the gas, goes full throttle, and that's the end of the game. So another sort of quintessential Davis moment, but a lot of those other guys deserve credit too for helping push Wisconsin past the Wolverines. Yeah. Wisconsin, all five starters and double figures. Um, but I think it's also, I mean, before Jacoby Neath was involved in that post game thing also had six points. Yeah. Chris vote four points, you know, Ben Carlson off the bench didn't have any points, but had six rebounds, yep. especially after they got absolutely whipped in the first half on on the defensive uh on, yeah on the defensive glass like Mich- Michigan had a had a ton a ton of offensive rebounds in the first half I think it was um eight and then they finished with a total of 13 so you get another five they missed pretty much every shot they took in the second half so uh, <laughs> there there were a lot of opportunities but I, yeah I mean I, the starters again carried the load scoring wise but for the first time and in, and four of them were at the line but for the first time, I thought that they got some scoring contributions for the bench. Ten points isn't a lot, but it's a it's a lot when it's coming from Wisconsin's bench. Could have been twelve if uh, Chris Vote was Stretch Armstrong and could have <laughs> right. dunked over Hunter Dickinson. That was that would have been the most insane play of the month. That would have been that that was that honestly that was the Monstars uh, that Michael Jordan dunk on on them. Like his, there's just no chance in the world. Like he almost <laughs> threw it in, but. Uh, they, la- they had a good laugh about it after the game. It looked like uh, Johnny Davis and, and Tyler Wall kind of joked about it when uh, Brad Davison was asked about it or when he, yeah. when he talked about it because uh, it was a little funny. But to uh, just to follow up on your point about the, the role that those bench guys played, we've talked before, and I think we did on the last show, about who could be potential X factors for Wisconsin off the bench because March is right around the corner. 
And I think you saw what, what is possible. Now, Jacoby Neath got more opportunity because Lauren Bowman didn't play in this game, was out uh, because of an, a non-COVID-related illness. So he wound up playing 12 minutes. But, I, yeah, I mean, he was aggressive on the drive. He was able to get to the line. Like I said, you sort of know what you're going to get from Chris Vote, And I thought even though Ben Carlson only played nine minutes, this was a really important performance for him because it, he was gobbling up every rebound when he was out there, it seemed. Um, and those are the types of things that they need to do. Like they don't have to go in and be the leading scorer, but if they make their contributions in a way that complements everybody else, it makes the Badgers even better and harder to, to stop in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. I mentioned it earlier, but going away from Hunter Dickinson in the second half, a lot of three pointers. And, and I know some of them came when they were, they were down a bunch, but when you go up 38, 33, I'm letting Hunter Dickens touch the ball every possession. It's inexcusable to be honest. I was watching it thinking like he was shredding Wisconsin in the post in the first half. It just, it was another big man who was giving the Badgers fits, give him the ball. Michigan fell in love with the three pointer. They didn't shoot it very well in the first half. They were one for 10. And then they went three for 15 in the second half. And, and you're right. Some of that came later as Michigan's trying to catch up. But you've got a dude like Dickinson in there who's playing as well as he is. You got to get him the ball. And he just didn't get enough in the second half. So that that's on Michigan. Yeah, he uh, he got five shots in the second half. He hit three of them. Uh, again, Chris Vote and Steve Crowell battle their butts off, right? Like they, they as they have against most of these guys, they you know, really since the Ohio State game, there have been few times where you could point and say they're just not giving enough effort. They're not they're not playing hard enough. They're not they're not being tough enough. You know, like that just hasn't been the case. Kofi Coburn, like they it's not like they, uh, you know, just let him do it. He had a, a great game and Hunter Dickinson had to fight in the second in the first half for what he was getting. But in the second half, you know, five shots for him uh, is probably not enough. I think is is enough is to say and in Wisconsin whether it was digging out or or whether it was sending you know some backside help like they they did some things but it's not things that they didn't do in the first half so again really really good job in the second half by Wisconsin Michigan helped a little bit with with what they did um, shooting wise and also not you know maybe allowing Dickinson as many opportunities as he probably deserved there in the second half uh, so. Wisconsin gets the win. Now they are 12 and four back in a tie for first place with Purdue, uh, Purdue playing as we're talking right now. So uh, that could very well, they could very well move into sole possession of first place. If they are able to take down Rutgers who continues just to be remarkable. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see how that game plays out and in, in where uh, Purdue is, but Wisconsin 12 and four, same record as Illinois, same record as Purdue, as we're talking about this. Rutgers sitting there at 10 and five right now, as we're talking about this, but you know, Wisconsin, perhaps uh, with getting a little help with Michigan state losing and with uh, Ohio state losing, getting a little closer to that potential potential of being able to lock in a, uh, a first round or, you know, the double buy, which would be very important in the big 10 tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Save your fresh legs and obviously only have to play three games instead of four and the way things are shaping up, you know, it just feels like this is going to go down potentially to the last day of the regular season. Wisconsin's got four games left and a couple of road ones coming up. As you said, it's the first time all season they've had to go back to back, which I think is going to be a challenge with Minnesota. And as you mentioned, a Rutgers team that has played pretty well. 
that game on March 1st against Purdue uh, has the potential to be a classic. And then obviously they close the regular season with Nebraska, which is the worst team in the big 10. So if Wisconsin can take care of business in advance, that could, that could be a, a big day for the Badgers, but this is the most fun time of the year. And it's, it's fun to be uh, around a team that, that has a chance to do something special like this. Cause it doesn't happen every year. Yeah. So at 21 and five, we saw the first bracket reveal from the NCAA committee on Saturday in Wisconsin, the number 13 overall seed, which would make them a four seed in the tournament. Now they had them in the East region. I don't necessarily know if that matters. I don't think it probably did, but the difference between Wisconsin and Illinois was the head to head win by Illinois down there. It's interesting that they give Illinois credit uh, for, for playing without guys and, you know, talk, ha- having missed time, guys having missed time. And that's, you know, they, they're at least taking that in consideration, but not, I guess, not taking that in consideration for Wisconsin and two of their five losses coming with uh, one without Johnny Davis and the other one without Tyler Wall. A four seed, does that sound about right to you at this point? It does. And uh, I'm glad to see that the committee wasn't just relying on net rankings. You know, 13 is more aligned with, I think, where everybody views the Badgers or certainly most people. And it's worth noting, I- I've sort of forgotten about this or didn't haven't because who's paying attention to Providence if you're covering Wisconsin? They're 22 and three this year. So as as bad as that loss looked at the time, oh, Wisconsin's losing a home game early in the season. Providence is pretty damn good, a top 10 team. Um, so not a not a bad loss for the resume. But I, I think ultimately, I, I I think the Badgers wind up as a four seed. They could play themselves up into a three. But as we've seen before, sometimes the Big Ten tournament itself doesn't necessarily matter because it's the last game right before the draw comes out. Um, but obviously, they've got a chance to move up here with uh, four regular season games remaining and then the conference tournament. And uh... One question about the seeding or one question about the tournament uh, from, from a guy, Ryan Wing, is Wisconsin in Milwaukee if they're a four seed? They should be. Yeah, um, I, agree. I mean, if you're if you're a top four seed, you're one of the top 16 teams in the country and there is a draw where you can play in your home state. You should be rewarded. Um, so I think the answer is yes. All right. One, uh, one more thing before we get out of here, Jesse, it was a, a big day for. Michael Finley and a big day for Wisconsin basketball. And it's kind of what sucks about the whole fight thing is that it kind of overshadows not just the game itself and how good Wisconsin was in the second half, but also Michael Finley's long awaited day of getting his number retired. They lifted his number into the rafters at halftime. The number 24 becomes the third former Wisconsin player to uh, get his jersey retired. Ab Nicholas has his number eight retired and also Frank Kaminsky with number 44 but Michael Finley, and Greg Gard said it afterwards, he made playing Wisconsin basketball cool. Like uh, him and Tracy Webster and Richard Griffith, they all made, and especially, and I know obviously you grew up not in Wisconsin. I did. And my first memories of Wisconsin basketball are those three guys. And also of Howard Moore and the Howard, Howard Moore, uh, the Howard the Duck shirts that the student section had at the field house. But he was electric and he was the first, in, in my memory, the first guy that I think of when I think of Wisconsin basketball in my youth. Well, it's pretty mind blowing to think that it took this long for him to get his Jersey up there. And I, I think he said very succinctly uh, <laughs> about time, right? Yep, It's about time. <laughs> um, 
hopefully this helps to open the door for more players in the future to get their names up there because there have been some tremendous players, but Finley at the top. And I, when I think of you, right, I didn't grow up in Wisconsin, but having been around the program and covered them for a decade, you learn the history very quickly. And, and I've written about it. And the 93, 94 team is really the one that stands out the most, probably to Badgers fans too, of a certain generation. I know you're in there too, that Wisconsin went 47 years without going to the NCAA tournament, much like the, I mean, I suppose if you think the football program was in the doldrums for the seventies and eighties, at least they had gone to a Rose bowl uh, there were bowl games sprinkled in the mix, even if it was an independence bowl, but to not even be included in the big dance for almost five decades is preposterous. And, and so for them to take the lid off with Michael Finley leading the charge, it just changed so much. And obviously he was the leading scorer. He averaged 20.4 points per game, but he was a 20 plus point scorer for th- three straight years. And it was him and Rashad Griffith, Rashad Griffith and, and Tracy Webster. Um, and, and, there was no coolness, I suppose, to Wisconsin basketball. And, and you're right. He and Greg Gard's right. He, he helped put them on the map. And not too long after that, it just became an annual occurrence that they went to the NCAA tournament. But you kind of wonder where things would be without Finley and his contributions. They celebrated NIT births at Wisconsin. Like I, I remember when uh, the 2015 team was in Omaha and I, I remember because I think one of the players that and it was just kind of like how far the program had come like they had went down it went screaming down State Street NIT and like going crazy over that type of stuff and then to see where <laughs> to see where they obviously took the tournament um, in 93 94 to where the program was in 2015 playing for a national title and also obviously where it is now and in the competition for a big 10 title. It's just, it is remarkable. And as you mentioned the 93, 94 year, it wasn't just basketball, right? I mean, that's the year that they went to the Rose bowl. That's the year. I mean, just sports in Wisconsin kind of turned around uh, at least in the, uh, the, the areas that had really struggled, like the boxing brewers were really good for large stretches of the eighties, like really, really good. Never won a title, but really, really good. The Wisconsin basketball team, the Wisconsin football team, the Packers just weren't any good. And they uh, end up in the playoffs with the Packers for the first time in, in a long time. They end up at the Rose Bowl and they end up in the NCAA tournament. It was a remarkable year to be a Wisconsin sports fan. And it's one of those one of those times I look back on it like very, very fondly. Like it's just no one that is growing up these days would, would understand how special it was just to make the playoffs, just to make the tournament, just to make it. Obviously, the Rose Bowl is a little bit different, but just make it to a bowl game. They hadn't been to a bowl game in forever uh, when they when they went there. And Michael Finley was awesome. And I thought it was nice, a nice touch for him. He said the only he, he was asked, you know, a lot of times why Wisconsin, why come to Wisconsin from where he was? And it's not like he was a huge, huge big time recruit, probably would have been a big time recruit these days with some of the his ability to, to score the ball the way that he could. But he said two reasons, two people, Tracy Webster and Howard Moore. And they said that they would take care of him throughout his entire time there at UW. And that hasn't stopped. And obviously he said he uh, hopes that Howard was watching at home and had a smile on his face because of it finally happening for him to be able to put his uh, Jersey in the rafters. It's, it was a special day. It was a special day marred by ugliness from Juwan Howard. And uh, you know, it's um, I, I, I thought it was really Really, really well done by Jim Polsey. He has a great uh, column on the whole day 
but it starts with Juwan Howard and Michael Finley beating Juwan Howard as part of the Fab Five <laughs> twice. Uh, I know he, I don't think it was the Fab Five twice, but it was the five, Fab Five once, and then um, came back two years later when it was less there. And the entire Fab Five wasn't there, but Juwan Howard was, and was Michael Finley and company beat them again. And you know, it was it, there was some nice poetry too, I guess, uh, to it in the end. But it's unfortunate that Michael Finley's day was kind of overshadowed by the other aspects of it. But he was special, and I think Wisconsin very, very lucky to have him as part of their their program. So Wisconsin, a tough stretch coming up here to close things out. Obviously, Minnesota and Wisconsin played down to the wire the last time uh, they matched up. And then, well, Wisconsin goes on the road to face Rutgers in, in what the hell, uh, the Papa, Papa something? We'll gym. keep calling it the rack. I, I did not call it the rack today. I'm 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 saying it's the it's the something. Uh, what is it? It's the it's some sub Jersey right? Mike's. It's Jersey, Jersey Mike's, Mike's Arena. Get it right or pay the price, as they used to say in the intro to salute your shorts. Uh, Jersey Mike's uh, Arena out there in uh, beautiful. It's apparently it's not in the stadium. Is not actually in Piscataway. It's in some. Uh, it's in a different part of the city. I don't know. It's irrelevant. It's it's Rutgers. Who cares? It's New Jersey. I uh, not going to say anything bad about New Jersey. Uh, Wisconsin again, twenty one and five, twelve and four in the Big Ten. Certainly way out ahead of anywhere that uh, we thought they would be, and uh, apparently uh, can get into the heads of Michigan uh, coaches uh, to the point where they want to swing on guys. Either way, Jesse, thank you very much. Thanks, Zach. All right, there he is, Judge Temple from The Athletic. You've been listening to The Swing.